Last time on Improv Tabletop. Ooh boy. Ooh boy, ooh boy, ooh boy. So much stuff happened. I'm here. This is Ned, your narrator, hoping that I remember everything that happened in the last episode. <laughs> uh, there was a ball that was happening. We began uh, kind of getting a little bit of a sense of the inner monologues of Miss Cadence and her mother Janice, getting to understand a little bit about their history together, the death of the father of the family, and how that affected both of them moving forward. This great expectation that had been laid upon their heads and the deadline that they had to work towards. Meanwhile, Colonel Fuzz William was off just trying to console himself at the resurgence of Miss Piggy into his life, and his mother got very upset about it, told him to solve the problem, and went to have a little chat with all the other mothers, including Janice and Dame Maggie Smith, the mother of Scooter, who had had a little private moment with Miss Cadence talking about books. But during the course of this conversation, Janice managed to convince Dame Judy Dench and Dame Maggie Smith that their sons should duel to the death for the <laughs> hand of her daughter, Miss Cadence. So they went off in search of their children and the farce began. While they were off trying to find their sons, Miss Cadence ran into, very literally ran into Colonel Fuzz William. They shared a moment talking about comedic timing when they were interrupted by Miss Piggy, Miss Cadence's former roommate and also uh, a scarlet woman in the truest sense of the word, <laughs> trying to muscle in on Colonel Fuzz William. They fell through the floor uh, after trying to do a stunt that did not go very well. And the last Colonel Fuzz William saw of Miss Piggy was Kermit looking back at him with distrust in his eyes as Colonel Fuzz William was dragged back to the ballroom as Scooter was also being dragged in from the other side, a duel surely about to begin in this, the final hour, literally the final hour before Miss Cadence turns 21 <laughs> and they will lose the estate forever. What's going to happen? Let's find out here in the world of Pride and Prejudice and Puppets. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play, where we make up everything on the spot. Who boy do we? Ugh. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, I'm absolutely terrified, guys. What have we done? <laughs> Heather, whose comedic timing is not great. And Thomas, who's pining over his IRL wife. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Oh my goodness. I, you know, when we decided we were going to do Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen, and I was like, this is going to be a fun, lighthearted little thing. <laughs> and oh boy, I, I can't remember the last time I did a recap that was that unhinged, but in a very good way. It's because you haven't had me on the podcast for quite a while. Um, this is true. That does make sense, actually. I do bring a strong amount of unhingedness to most things. Some call it chaos. Yeah. Well, there's a quote by John Reese davies that I love very much where he said he loves the word improvise because it lends a certain dignity to chaos. <laughs> so, audience, please join with us as we lend hopefully a certain amount of dignity to the chaos that is about to unfold before us as Judy Dench sweeps into the grand ballroom. She pulls up a glass and she taps on it and realizes it's not loud enough and she picks up a big old bell and just starts shaking it as hard as she can <laughs> and everybody in the room goes silent and she says friends from all across Muppetin 
we're going to have a duel. Everybody come out to the dueling arena, and we're going to just, you know, have a good time. We'll bring the refreshments outside. She claps her <laughs> hands, and the penguins come in, and they start picking up all of the fondue and bringing it outside with them. We're just going to relocate to the dueling arena, where everybody is going to watch my son, Colonel Fuzz William, duel against Scooter over here. <laughs> and, oh, the crowd goes up in a hubbub. Oh my goodness, I haven't seen a duel in such a long time. Do you think so? somebody's actually going to die in this duel? I don't know. It's going to be so crazy if someone actually does, especially in a Muppets movie, but we'll see. And so everybody starts uh, shuffling their way outside. Let's go through all of our characters one by one and just kind of get a sense of how everybody's feeling as this impending duel is coming to a head. Let's start with the person who started all of this duel stuff. Janice, how are you feeling right now? Janice is looking around and listening uh, and realizing that maybe her daughter wasn't just making things up, that maybe in duels people actually die. Uh, That's news to her. (laughs) She was unaware of that particular tidbit of information, but uh, feels a little too deep in now to do anything about it. So she's just going with it, bringing along her cheese and watermelon fondue. And I mean, like she said before, It's a win-win situation. Somehow she is convinced, both of these ladies, that her daughter is worth dying for. And maybe that also awakens a little something inside her. A little bit of motherly affection that has been suppressed and buried deep down for years. And she starts to realize that maybe all of the problems in her life aren't because of Missy. A little bit of self-reflection and growth in this moment right before somebody is possibly about to shed blood on behalf of your daughter. Mm-hmm. Now, let's uh, go over to the person who this duel is being fought over, Miss Cadence. You see these two men who you've had this opportunity to connect with in surprising ways tonight. The one bookish and reserved, the other very loud and outgoing, loves his jokes. Uh, how is Miss Cadence feeling right now? Well, she is, like, having all of her true crime novels go through her head and <laughs> all the don'ts and the red flags. And she's frankly just, like, completely shocked that her mother was the one who started all of this and didn't know what a duel was, <laughs> but also not shocked because her mother only reads the end in books. Hey, don't judge me too harsh. I'm not a nerd like you. <laughs> oh, thanks, Mom. But she just has to figure out what to do. So as they're being, like, rushed out of this place, she, like, stops by at the library and just grabs all these books and is, like, fiercely just reading through them trying to see if there's some sort of clause to stop a duel or something because she doesn't even realize that it's over her. She just realizes that somebody might die and death is really close to her and she's like, no, no. So she's just trying to figure it out as she's whisked to the arena. Oh boy. And Colonel Fuzz William the person who suddenly might have to die today. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm mainly just worried about my comedy act. (laughs) It'll be happening. No, I... That is on my mind, but um, just like really confused. Like I feel like the past 30 minutes, uh, five things have happened that 
are just so random and just so like out of nowhere when normally I have to be the one to create my own excitement. Suddenly excitement is thrust upon me so drastically with old forgotten loves, with new acquaintances, with the seething of my mother, now a duel. I think there's just a lot of confusion and a lot of misinformation kind of going around in his brain uh, that uh, he's giving himself. So just <laughs> kind of like in a daze going towards this duel, like the gravitas of death is not really there right now. We'll see if that changes, though. Yeah, you all make your way out into the dueling area and there's wonderful little chairs set up all in a big old circle around this nicely packed earthen area. It's almost like a tennis court. It's got like lines marked on the ground, different places for the duelists to stand and whatnot. And Dr. Teeth and the Steam Powered Mayhem have come out there as well. And they've started playing a very nice, uh, I'm not going to name a specific song so that editing Ned is going to thank me for that when we get to that point. But they start playing just a nice cheery little song, a little string quartet number uh, in preparation for this immense duel. Uh, the penguins are going around serving hors d'oeuvres to everybody along the way. And Colonel Fuzz William, you are jostled up to your area, your corner of the ring, as it were. Ah. And you are presented with a large rack of weapons to select from. Like from one end to the other, just some of the wildest weapons you've seen. There's like one of those weird man catcher things where it's like a pole with a loop on the end that's all full of spikes. There is a replica of Cloud's Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> there is just like a handle with four blades coming out of it at different <laughs> angles just like a Darth Maul lightsaber but double uh, you look down this row of weapons and then eventually you get to the end of it and you see Lou Zealand is standing there and he's got a fish in his hands and he's like huh? I think looking at everything I just uh, look at my opponent uh, Scooter and I just kind of shaking and nervously I gesture over for the fish and I take that in my hand and that's the one I'm going to hold on to as it flip flops in my hand. And it's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, okay, I don't quite know what to do with this, but uh, here we go. You turn around kind of swinging your fish and you see that Scooter being like, I don't know, three feet tall or whatever, he has like a seven foot long Zweihander sword in his hands <laughs> and he's just like, he can't even lift it up off the ground. He's just like dragging it on the ground behind him <laughs> as he approaches you. He's looking out at the crowd. You can see that he is very nervous and he turns towards you and gulps and says, uh, I wasn't expecting that I would be confronting you in such a way, Colonel Fuzz William. I, 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 if I'm being honest, I think this is the first... Hi, I'm Scooter. How are you? Oh, hello. Yeah, my <laughs> name is Colonel William. Um, uh, yeah, we like to put on a big spectacle here. Usually I'm the one putting it on, but uh, this time my mom did it. I mean, who would have thought, right? <laughs> you look over to where she is sitting on like an elevated platform uh, in a very fancy looking chair, and she's just kind of like chattering with people, just like little small talk as they're preparing for the duel to begin and you hear the steam-powered mayhem start to build up in a fanfare as everybody goes silent and your mother turns to your father who has been kind of conspicuously absent this time and he rolls his eyes and stands up and says a duel to the death between my son colonel fuzz william and this lad over here scooter 
begin. And he just like throws a <laughs> handkerchief up into the air and walks back to his seat. And he uh, pulls out a piece of soap that he's been whittling. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, at that point, I go, wait a minute. This is to the death. <laughs> and with that, I, I actually, uh, if Scooter's going to misstart making a move, I just kind of run around in a circle and go, ah! All right. Yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to borrow a little from our friend Blades in the Dark. We're going to set up some progress clocks here. Nice, Colonel Fuzz William. Your progress clock is to win the duel. This is a six clock. Uh, for those of our listeners who are unaware, a progress clock is kind of like a pie chart. It has six segments, and once all six of those segments have been filled up, then the task has been completed. And Colonel Fuzz William, if you do well, you might fill that up faster. If you don't do well, you might take damage from its firehander. <laughs> I might die. You might. It's a thing. While Colonel Fuzz William is battling physical combat in the arena, Miss Cadence, it sounds like you were in the middle of trying to find a way, some sort of legal precedent for how you can end this duel. So I think we'll set up a six clock for you as well as you're kind of looking through your books going along the way. And Janice, is there anything that you want to be doing while this fight's going on? Oh boy. Janice, just the instigator of chaos. (laughs) (laughs) I love how this duel has turned into like a gladiator battle royale between the two. Like, (laughs) this is very different. Um, Gosh, what does Janice want to do? It's a win-win situation for her, <laughs> but maybe, maybe the thought of somebody dying because of her selfish actions is starting to prick her conscience a little bit. Um, can we call my clock Janice's conscience? Okay, to see if you can manage to feel bad enough about the potential death of somebody. To, to do something about it. Yeah, trying to trying to crack open that hardened heart that you've set up so many gates around over the years. Exactly. All right. So to start this off, let's have Colonel Fuzz William and Scooter each roll with Quick to see who can get the first attack off in this battle, and then we'll move into our elective order initiative after that point. Quick is all right for me. Let's try this. Okay, okay. I got a three. Ooh, Scooter only got a two. So you get to go first. What would you like to do? Right. Uh, I'm going to go around and just start running and running. Because I'm running and he's so slow, I'm just going to try smacking him upside the head with a fish. All right. (laughs) Just (laughs) take that. All right, roll to attack with Forceful, and he's going to try and defend with Quick. Uh, that's a three on my end. Ooh, he only got a plus one. Uh, I'm also going to use a fate point oh. to say can't read a room. Don't know that a duel's supposed to be exciting if people are watching, so I'm going to add two to that result. And just be can't read a room, so just trying to end it as quickly as possible. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's going to be a five. All right. Yeah, he runs up towards you, and he you can hear him muttering under his breath. He's like, all right, if I get the right amount of leverage with this hand, plant this foot into the ground, and he, like, goes in to take a swing at you, but he spent a little bit too long trying to calculate, and he rushes past you. You dodge out of the way, and, like, using his momentum against him, smack him upside the head with this fish, <laughs> and his head just goes down into the dirt, and he, like, plows a trough in the dirt for, like, five <laughs> feet oh, before wait. he comes to a stop. <laughs> 
Go, ah, hey, these things are pretty good. I mean, this is more than just a comedy act here. You, you do, you've done really well for yourself as I look over at the guy. Um, I, well, I forget his name, but... Lou uh, Zealand. The, yeah, Lou Zealand, yeah. All right. Uh, Scooter picks up his face from the dirt and he spits out a whole bunch of dust and turns back towards you. And you see his face harden and his brow furrow. Uh, Thomas, who would you like to go next? I'm going to have Janice go next. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, boy. Janice is not ready to do anything yet, but she feels like she feels a song bubbling up from deep inside her from her Mm. year's dormant singing career. Go ahead and roll with Flashy to see if uh, this song bubbling up in your heart can break some of the hard shell around your heart. That's a flat zero. Ooh, yeah, you're, you're just trying to remember a little bit of the joy of who you were back in the day, but it's not coming to you. Oh, it's just right there. Uh, I can't assist, right? That's a specific action. Yeah, you have to use your action in the round uh, in order to assist somebody else. Cool, cool, cool. That's all right. I'll take it. I'm done. All right, who would you like to go next? It is either Miss Cadence or Scooter. I'll pass it over to Miss Cadence. I really think, I think, I think that me and Caleb are having a little group mind here. So Miss Cadence is going through those books and she goes, Ah, I found it. Oh, I found it. I found it. Okay, mother, you stay here. And she starts to run away. Then she, she like leans her head back as her body's like a couple (laughs) feet away, leans her head back and says, mother, did you bring your special, special purse today? Well, of course I brought it. I never go anywhere without my purse. Mother, you are a genius. And she kisses you on the side of your cheeks. And she said, <laughs> don't move anywhere. I've got to find somebody very specific who I bet is here. I love you. Goodbye. And she rushes off. Okay, let's have you roll to overcome with clever for your progress clock. <laughs> no! Minus one. Minus one. Oh, no. Use that fate, girl. I'm going to use a fate point. All right. I'm going to use a fate point. Uh, because I am a solo socialite, I have amazing observation skills, even though I don't like to actually socialize. But because I'm always around people and I'm not talking... I have a keen sense of where everyone is, who is there, what they've been doing, and I just log it all in my mind. And I know that this specific person has come tonight. All right. So you can either re-roll entirely or just add plus two to the result. I'll re-roll. All right. It's plus two. Plus two. All right. Much better. So you start rushing off. Uh, what part of the estate do you think this person might be? Oh, I'm positive they're in the audience in the duel. Okay, so you start peering through the audience trying to find where they are. That brings us to the only person who hasn't yet gone in this first round, Scooter. He picks himself up off the ground, pushes his glasses up his nose with a single finger. The light kind of flashes across them, and he <laughs> says... Nordic butterfly style and he takes oh the Zweihander and he starts like swinging it around him in a form where like the light flashing off the blade makes it look almost as if there's a pair of butterfly wings behind him and he is going to roll to attack you with flashy 
How would you like to defend? Um, I'd like to defend um, carefully because this is this is weird. This is weird, man. <laughs> All right, roll with careful. See, see if you can figure out like what the heck is this guy doing? Oh no, that's a zero. He got a plus three. Yep, that's a zero. Which I just Googled Nordic butterfly style to be like, that has to be real. And it doesn't look like it's real. So that's all Ned, baby, <laughs> if he came up with that. So, well, I, I don't know it from anywhere if it is a thing. So, <laughs> so that's all Ned. Yeah, he comes swinging in towards you. He takes the tip of the Zweihander, and as you're trying to, like, get a sense of what's even going on, you feel it clips right through the center of your Groucho Mark's disguise, <laughs> the one piece of armor that you decided to wear for this duel. <laughs> yep. And it slices, like, you don't actually feel any of the blade against your skin, but suddenly it splits in half and goes flying off in separate directions, which might stress you out a little bit. Yeah, it absolutely would be like, oh no, I got that from, I don't even remember. <laughs> it's so special to me. I don't even remember where I got it from. Oh, dang it. Sounds like all my children. <laughs> so that's a three stress, right? Indeed, three stress. Well, it's done. All right. That brings us to the end of that round. And Scooter's going to pass it off to Janice, let's say. Um, I had forgotten the word temporarily, but I did look it up in between our sessions and a Regency era purse is called a reticule. It is. A reticule. Mm-hmm. And so I clutch my reticule tightly. I feel the heft and the weight of the brick hidden within. And I wonder what my daughter could possibly be planning. That takes the edge off. Maybe I don't have to sing but that song is maybe still trying to bubble up inside of me. I want to roll again for it. Go for it. Roll with flashy. I do find it interesting to notice that most people call it a reticle, but I think reticule could also be used as a term for like the crosshairs of a rifle scope. Oh, interesting. Or like in an FPS game where you, the thing that shows you where you're aiming, that's called the reticle. Interesting. That's a plus two. All right, so we're up at two of six segments marked on your progress clock. Okay. Anything else that Janice wants to do before you pass it on to somebody else? Um, if Hugh Grant is next to me, I will reach over and nervously eat some of his watermelon cheese fondue because <laughs> I've run out of my own. Yeah, and he is nervously eating as well. Both of you at exactly the same moment dip <laughs> a piece of banana into the cheese watermelon fondue and pop it into your mouth at exactly the same time. Okay, this is just, that's just so gross. <laughs> a watermelon <laughs> and banana. And cheese. Apologies oh. to Hugh Grant for this. Watermelon and banana are not bad, Thomas. It's the cheese fact that is yes. gross. I love that yes. that's what you got hung up on were the fruit combinations. Cheese is fine. Cheese is fine, but <laughs> any fruit in any combination is gross. What? Anyway, sorry, it's not my turn. I have to, I can't expound. Yes, uh, so Caleb, whose turn is it? Um, let's go, I'm going to Missy again. Let's go to her. Okay, I think I have locked eyes on the person. All right, let's have you roll with careful, I think. You're, you're scanning through the crowd, trying as hard as you can to make sure you've got the right person. Let's have you roll with careful to see if you have finally locked eyes with the person. 
That's a plus two. Plus two. And I want a critical success, so I am going to use a fate point Ooh. on my seven minutes and 36 second ice stare. Yes. That's right. And I am going to lock eyes with this person across the room so much that they will come to me. All right. That is going, we're going to give you a free invoke on that, bringing you from two segments marked to all six segments marked. Who is it that you lock eyes with across the duel? Oh, it is none other than Julie Andrews. <laughs> oh, my heavens. And her daughter in this world, Emma Thompson. <laughs> okay. They see you staring at them just like the most intense glare from across the dueling area. And Julie Andrews like pats Emma Thompson on the shoulder and points at you. And they're both just like, oh, they throw their hands up in delight and they start like skirting their way around the circle. They're like, you know, when you need to get up at intermission to go to the bathroom and you have to like walk past all the other people sitting in their chairs. You're like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. And they're just like bustling past all these people on their way towards you. And uh, we'll see what happens when they get to you. But who is going next? Uh, we've got Colonel Fuzz William and we've got Scooter. I think it's going to go to Fuzz. All right. What you got? Uh, I'm panicking. Um, there's a lot of panic as uh, I've lost my armor. Uh, <laughs> this fish is good, but fish can only get you so far. Remember that, kids. Uh, fish only get you so far. Um, so I need to be quick and... Uh, as I'm running around, I'm pulling a bunch of stuff out of my sleeves and just kind of throwing them at Scooter. So like the never-ending ribbon, I'm, I'm pulling out my water uh, flower. I'm spraying on him. All of these random knickknacks that shouldn't be able to fit in my pockets. Uh, somehow there's another chicken just like in my coat pocket that I <laughs> throw at him. Uh, and so I'd like to be quick about it and uh, just quickly toss all this stuff at him. All right, roll to attack with quick. All right. He, when he sees that happen, he once again pushes his glasses up his nose with one finger and he says, leaping Fennec Fox style. And he's like jumping back and forth, like pew, 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 trying to dodge out of the way of uh, all of your uh, things you're throwing at him. So he's going to try and defend with quick. Well, I got a two. He got a five. Oh man! Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a fate point as the humble humorist. My aspect, uh, trying to get the crowd on my side a little bit, and uh, I'm gonna re-roll all right all of that and uh, see what I can do because he got a five. So here we go. Not great. And uh, nope. It's even worse. That's a one. Oh. Okay. So that is four shifts that he has against you. So when you defend and succeed with style, not only does your opponent not get what they want, but the defender gains a boost as well. Mm -hmm. The boost that we're going to give to Scooter is the crowd is booing. Yep. That's absolutely what's happened. Do I take, take, do I take stress? Uh, you do not. Okay. Thank goodness, because that was a lot of shifts against you. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it is his turn now. So yep, it is <laughs> with his leaping back and forth. He takes one final jump straight up into the air and he points the sword directly down towards you as he tries to land on top of you with this sword. He is going to attack with flashy. How would you like to defend? I'm going to defend with forceful. I'm going to try and smack it away with my fish. Be like, last ditch effort. All right. 
healed very well. <laughs> well, well, well. How the turntables. I rolled a five. He Ooh. also rolled a five. Oh, oh man. There you have it, folks. Well, no, there you don't have it. I have fate points, too. I'm going to spend a fate point. <laughs> Dang it. I am going to invoke his aspect of trying to emerge from the shadows. He, this is... <laughs> <laughs> he he has spent so much time in the bylines going unavoided, and now is his time to prove to the world that he can be worth something. He is going to spend one fate point, and as you throw the fish up to deflect it, uh, do you want to spend any fate points to try and get your result a little better? I only have one left, so I think I better hold on to it. Um, so no, I'm going to take it. All right. You throw up the fish in front of you, and you see as the blade of the sword enters into the fish's mouth and travels all the way down through to the tail. <laughs> and as the weight of Scooter lands on top of you, you're in shock for a moment and you look over to see the hand that is holding the fish has been pinned down to the ground by the sword. <laughs> and you see a little bit of stuffing, stuffing poking out yeah. from your fur. <laughs> like, ah, well, it looks like I drew first blood. Huh? That's not funny. It's just more nerves talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you take two stress. You have one stress left, though you can still take some consequences as well. Oh, there will be consequences. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have reached uh, the end of the second round of combat. We're going to pass it over to Janice, let's say. Oh, boy. I'm going to roll first and see what happens. Okay. Still trying to get that song to emerge in your heart. Man, that is a negative three. Ooh. ooh, I'm going to spend a fate point and re-roll that. That's a good idea. I'm going to invoke my aspect, no money, no prospects. I mean, here's the truth. This is, it's a win-win situation for her, but if everything goes downhill, then she's no worse off than she used to be. In fact, you hear a little chiming coming from back in the ballroom as the clock has struck 1145. Oh, boy. All right, another plus two. That's better. Mm-hmm. That puts you at four out of six segments marked. Okay. Who would you like to go next then? I will look for Missy, see if I can spot her, see what she's up to, and I'll pass it to her. All right. And by this time, Julie Andrews and Emma Thompson have made their way over to where you are. There is not a lot of time to explain, so I'll do it on the way. And she grabs them and puts them on her back. And she runs, like she's doing double piggyback style because she's walking on two legs. Mm -hmm. And she runs to her mom and she has already explained this situation to those two. And she grabs for her mom's purse and she says, mom, I found the loophole. And she takes the purse and she opens it and she takes out the brick and she parts the brick in half and inside of this brick case it is actually a speaker and a golden microphone <laughs> and she takes it out and she says she says mother the loophole is any wrong righted that has to do with somebody's future and completely put their life off kilter because of it can override a duel so look, mother, look who I found. And she points at Julie Andrews and Emma Thompson and says, this is the cotillion that you were supposed to sing at for <laughs> Emma Thompson. And now 
is your moment, mother. And she presses the speaker and it like does that big screeching sound <laughs> and everybody stops and looks up and she goes, ready mother? Why are there so many <laughs> songs? Take it away mother. And hands the microphone to her mother. Wow. Um, and what's on the other side? Come on, mother, go on. Rainbows are visions, but, but only, only illusions. illusions. Rainbows have nothing to hide. This is going to be so fun for me to sync up in the edit. <laughs> so we've been told and some choose to believe it. I know the wrong way and see. And you hear from next to you, Hugh Grant also pipes in, singing along with you. Someday, Someday we'll find it. The rainbow connection. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. Are they singing while I'm blading out over here? <laughs> <laughs> and... Judy Dench is seething again. <laughs> uh, she stands up and she's like, what is this charade? A duel is happening. My son needs to bring back his dignity. There's still a chance. I know it looks bad for him right now, but there's still a chance that he can turn this around. And you hear a voice from the crowd say, in fact, uh, Miss Cadence is correct. And you see Sam Eagle sits up from in the crowd. Yes. And he's holding the book in his hand and he's flipping through with his feathers. The law which Miss Cadence has found was in fact ratified by the Prime Ministry, by, by Parliament is what it is called here in England many years ago. This is a true law. It is the British way. <laughs> and Judy Dench looks at him and looks down at Colonel Fuzz William and says, well, son, are you going to stand for this in Dignity. I look at my ma and I see the sword in my hand and and I'm just kind of like the fish gone and I look at her, I look at what these people are doing, uh, including the the young woman who said she didn't have all the great timing, but she's had the greatest timing in the world. And I finally look at my ma and I stiffen up and I go, you know what, ma? No, I think I'm going to take this laying down. <laughs> and I just <laughs> pass out, flop, <laughs> so to speak. And Judy Dench, your mother, she's like mumbling under her breath. Well, what on earth are we going to do about this then? And your father stands up and puts a hand on her shoulder and says, Now, dear, perhaps we can ask the young lady what she thinks should be done in this situation. And he turns towards Miss Cadence and says, well, young woman, you have two suitors before you. Both have proven themselves to be honorable in their own way. One powerful in combat, the other powerful in uh, being not a sore loser. <laughs> I do believe that your household, your estate, would be well served by either of these individuals. And Judy Dench says, but darling, our estate is on the line. And he says, yes, but... That does not mean this woman's opinion is not valid. So tell us, Miss Cadence, which of these two men, if either, do you believe is worthy of your... He looks down at where your hand would be. <laughs> your, your big foot, I suppose. 
Oh, there are a lot of people looking at me right now. Um, mother? Yeah? Do you have any, like, final words for me in this moment of dire choice? I look over at Hugh Grant as our hands are touching as we've both just reached for his fondue. Both of us blushing a little bit. Listen, Missy, I know I've been pretty hard on you, but you can do this, man. I'm sure you've met both of these young fellows and I'm sure they're both pretty nice. You just gotta trust your instincts and pick the one you like best. That's just kind of how it goes, man. You can do it. Mommy's watching. I am only resolved to act in that manner, which will, in my own opinion, constitute my happiness without reference to you or to any person so wholly unconnected with me. So you are right, mother. That was a Jane Austen quote. Um, (laughs) I will choose... um, Eeny, meeny, mine. I stand up at that point and I go, let me make it a little bit easier on you. Miss, Miss Cadence, I think you're swell. I think you're a lot of fun, but I think it's clear who the superior person here is. And uh, sure, we could probably talk a little bit about comedy, but this guy has the ferocity of someone who actually wanted to win so i mean i think there's something hidden beneath there that uh, is more than just you know not wanting to die so i think you should maybe take a turn around the garden with this guy first before you make your choice oh thank heavens i just didn't want to um disgrace you even further because he's my choice i choose scooter he knows books and you don't you're not taking a turn around okay okay that was pretty quick all right i just didn't want to hurt your feelings you seem nice and comedic well when you know you know you know (laughs) dr teeth and the steam-powered mayhem strike up a jaunty tune as the crowd erupts in cheers as Scooter pulls his sword out of Fuzz William's hand <laughs> and tosses it aside and approaches you and links his arm around your big old brontosaurus leg. And <laughs> Colonel Fuzz William, you watch them as you're kind of thinking about like, man, what am I going to do about the estate now? And you feel a hand reach down and grab yours and begin pulling you upright as Emma Thompson looks down at you and says, that was very honorable of you, sir. Oh, well, thank you, Miss Emma Thompson. It's great seeing you here. (laughs) Perhaps can you show me around the estate? I only just got here. I was a little late, I'm afraid. And I do so wish to see what you've done with the ballroom. Oh, you want... You want to spend time with me after losing and looking like a complete idiot and I lost the crowd? <laughs> when you put it that way. No, she doesn't say that. She says, she says, well, you are the man of the house at the moment. And uh, in the moments when others are feeling lowest, are the moments when I feel most inclined to step in and raise them up a little bit. Oh, well, yeah, I'll show you everything I have. Maybe I can show you a few of my trunks upstairs, too. Well, let's, <laughs> let me take you over here. And uh, so this is a ballroom. I was thinking we could have just a chocolate fountain all day here. <laughs> but um, instead of these draperies, and then um, we could hire some llamas to lick the chocolate that falls out of the fountain around here. And so just going through the ballroom, just moving forward. 
And as our three heroes of this campaign conclude this story, all with a person that they maybe didn't expect to find, but they did find indeed, Colonel Fuzz William with Emma Thompson, (laughs) Miss Cadence with Scooter, and Janice with Hugh Grant, (laughs) we get a bird's eye view, a chicken's eye view, (laughs) flying off (laughs) into the moonlight, away from the Fuzz William estate as the music continues into the night. I imagine the chicken eyes view, as it backs out, it's Gonzo hanging on (laughs) to his wife's feet as she flaps away. Yeah, Gonzo barrels the camera and says, so long, everybody! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that is where we're going to conclude our story here in the world of pride and prejudice and puppets. What about Miss Piggy and Kermit? I gotta know. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I was trying to figure out if there was a good way to bring them in at the end, but I mean they're gonna they're gonna go through some stuff for sure. Patron exclusive. There you go. <laughs> well, that's also really on par for Pride and Prejudice. The like couple that like is like yeah, that's true. Mm, yeah, that's true. You know that you never find out about, but you're like they probably won't last. <laughs> yeah, at this point it's just a, a political marriage essentially. <laughs> but I mean they've already gotten this far. So so they might as well go through with it. Why not? The sunk cost fallacy hasn't become a big part of the cultural zeitgeist yet. <laughs> and, and maybe when she fell so hard, she got amnesia and she'll fall in love with Kermit. Who knows? There you go. You know what? Yes, that's what happens. Listeners. Yes, and. They lived happily ever after. Miss yes. Piggy forgot all about Colonel Fuzz William. There we go. Wow. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop. And we'll be back next month with more adventures in a brand new setting. If you want more, go and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as three people who somehow, against all odds, managed to end up with a, with a person to walk off into the sunset with. To take a turn with. Yes, we would be that happy if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media, at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to connect with us there, maybe you want to talk with Heather about some of her favorite, powerful, leading women of cinema, then don't be afraid to reach out to us. Now it's time to shout out our next batch of Sticker Club patrons. Yeah, yeah. Woo, yeah. This week we're shouting out James Walker, Je suis Sauvignon, and Mackenzie Peterson. Hey. These are the individuals who are going to be printing up this story in the newspapers tomorrow. Grand festivities at Fuzz William Estate leads to three marriages. <laughs> wonderful. We love to see it. Thank you for being there to chronicle this wonderful story. Because if you hadn't been there to tell this story, who would have been there to tell it? Am I right? No one. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely no one. We'll have more Sticker Club patrons to shout out next week. And if you, dear listener, want to join their ranks, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash tabletop where you can also get things like Discord access, biannual sticker packs, and more, such as our current ongoing patron-exclusive campaign, Dumbledore's Delinquents, yeah. where it is, I mean, it's its crazy. You know it's crazy. I've already told you how crazy it is, but it's crazy in a very fun way. I'm very happy with how it's going. Now, let's do a round of plugs. Heather, could you take that for us this week? Absolutely. First and foremost, would like to plug our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball. What? The actual play D&D adventure where Thomas is serving as the DM and Ned is the resident kobold in that. Everyone go over and give that a listen. They're doing some crazy things right now and they're down to the end game. You're going to want to hear what happens. And that's my plug. 
Booyah. You, and you, life. And Christmas. Yes. Yeah. You're you're still on your kick of not plugging your small business that you are the owner of. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> I've taken a break on that and decided to, you know, direct plays. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. But I will plug Mythic Prince. Hey, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> oh, no. It's my spouse's small business where he has been working so hard at finessing his 3D printing into an art and has these dragons and dice towers and amazing fidget toys that kids can't get enough of and adults either. In fact, I'm always playing with a fidget toy. So over on to Facebook and Instagram and check out Mythic Prints. How the turntables. <laughs> How the turntables. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks so much for joining us here in the world of pride and prejudice and puppets. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by Caleb Anderton, the musical mother. Heather, the indecisive. And Thomas. We got with Emma Thompson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dreams really do come true. Impressive. Uh, much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop. Ooh, Scooter only got a two. Well, he's got a massive weapon he's trying to... That, I, that's why I didn't go for the Buster Sword, you know? Even <laughs> though IRL Thomas would have tried. Well, if you would have gone for the Buster Sword, he would have turned around with Sephiroth's sword in his <laughs> hand. <laughs> One wing erupts from his back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would have broke through the narrative at that point. Oh my gosh.